This is Culture Tuesday with Radio Maria. And on today's program, we are going to be taking you on a bit of a journey, a bit of an adventure with the film Sound of Freedom. Now, today I have a special co-host with me. You've heard him on the radio before, leading us through the Sunday's liturgy, guiding us through prayer, and also introducing other speakers onto the program. I've got with me... Tim Hutchinson. Welcome to the programme, Tim. Very lovely to be here, Helena. Ladies and gentlemen, it took a lot of arm wrestling to convince Tim to come onto the programme to review this film. To get up earlier is what you mean. (laughs) The film we're talking about is Sound of Freedom, and it is produced by the Angel Studios, the same group that has done the Chosen series. And they do it through, and they're doing it similar as they've done the Chosen series, where they want you to pay it forward to helping other people watch the film. The film will be released on Netflix, but it is currently released in cinemas in the UK and USA and around uh, lots of places. So they're encouraging people to go to the cinemas to watch the film so that it has in the weird box office cinema world that means a lot with how many people have actually gone out of their homes to watch a film so today tim and i are going to talk to you about the film and whether you should get out of your homes to go watch it are you ready for this tim yeah ready tim before we start the program could i ask you to lead a a prayer sure just uh, opening our hearts and our ears all right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this incredible film, and we pray that the themes um, that are in the film that are of importance and of truth uh, would come foremost to our minds and um, that they would touch those who hear it and the importance of this message would get to the ears that it needs to get. We pray this in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. The message that that is what I think we want you Mm. listeners to take away is the message of the film. Sound of Freedom. So it is about we're not going to mess around. It is about child sex trafficking, modern slavery. It's not. It doesn't go into the cool world of law enforcement. It doesn't go into drug trafficking. It goes into the dirty darkness that is, is today modern slavery. Yeah. And it's a story that is is very um, recent. This isn't something that's been pulled out from um, years and years ago. In fact, in one of the interviews that I watched with Jim Caviezel, the main actor, um, he said, you know, when they brought out uh, Schindler's List, this was 50 years after um, the events of World War II. And so it's it's much easier for um, Hollywood to kind of bring out a film um, that's, you know, once the dust has settled on an issue and everybody can kind of um, scratch their chins and say, well, of course we wouldn't have been complicit with such a thing. But the the um, the thing about this film is that it's it's a story that is only a few years ago. I'm not sure the exact date of when um, the, the particular story um, occurred. But I think it's within the last 10 years. Um, and the, the situation is, uh, is current. I mean, these things are, are happening as we speak. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about 
about some of the, uh, those things as we as we carry on with this podcast. So I'm going to give you a bit of synopsis of what the film is about. It starts off with what I think was the the hardest scenes to watch about a Honduras family, a father with an 11 year old daughter and a seven year old son. And they get tricked into going to an audition in which the father drops off the children and then the children will never be seen by the father again for, for, for a time in the film. Again, this is based off of a real, real events and real story. So the kids are off. We don't know what's going to happen. And as a viewer, you are horrified by what has just happened. Rightly so, yeah. Just to let you know, they don't, as a, as a viewer, they don't show any, they, it's all implied and the dark, you see the outer darkness. You don't actually yeah. get sucked into, this is what's. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, what, what, what Helena is saying is that it's, it's, um, although it's quite shocking content, it's also, um, quite discreetly, uh, presented. So you don't have, it's not like the kind of, um, art house films you're not watching a clockwork orange it's not it's not going to to kind of give you uh it's not going to glorify the um just like we said it, it doesn't glorify the kind of cool cops uh, uh going in and 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 fighting um bad guys bad guys um i mean it does have a bit of a hollywood sort of slickness to it in some ways but at the same time um where there is some very difficult content it it it's quite discreet um but but showing you enough to realize like there are some really awful things happening and and they need to be known. Um, so I thought that was that was very uh, well portrayed. Um, it wasn't sensational, let's put it that no. way. No, and if anything, it showed because it took the viewer, it took our own imagination to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And if anything, that's I don't know if that the, the horrific imaginary things yeah. in my heads of what was happening may or may have it, but it shows a bit about myself. Yeah. Well. So one of the things they did, which I thought was very effective um, and very harrowing, was uh, they had a, a series of, of clips from um, surveillance cameras of children being being kidnapped. Um, so a man would be on a scooter and he would go past children playing and grab a child. Um, and it, yeah, it was it was it was very frightening. Um and they all had dates on them and you could see that these were, you know, black and white uh, kind of images taken from, from surveillance. Um, Helena, just stop me if I'm saying things I shouldn't be saying on the radio. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. So we've, we've got that built up. So you've got that planted. Then you go over to learning about Special Agent Ballard, Tim Ballard, who is still alive today. And he is in the midst of entrapping an internet consumer of child porn. So again, we're going into this dark world. It is discreet. You just see the smiling faces of children on his screen. And then it, the director lets you as a viewer, let your imagination fill in the blanks. We see this and he's in the middle. He catches the, the gentleman that's doing that is going into looking and purchasing child pornography. And he's working with his team. And at one moment we see, and this is very early on in the film, we see his partner tell Tim Ballard, who is 
acted by Jim Caviezel. His partner says, I can't do this anymore. This is just ruining my my soul. And the word soul is actually used several times in the film. So they don't shy away mm. from the Christian aspects of what is underlying our mission and faith in, li- in life. So the, the, his partner is leaving and he asks Jim Caviezel, he asks Tim Ballard, how many crimes have we actually criminals have we caught and persecuted and yeah and it's yeah. like 200 and something yeah he has an exact number an exact number yeah and then he's asked how many children have we actually brought back home yeah and i think he's i don't remember the number but it's I not i don't think it's he not, even he, answers him doesn't I even think, answer. yeah it's kind of left yeah so that i think that was a very um and that is that also marks a kind of shift um in perspective uh, in the film but also quite intentionally in in and what if you if you listen to what Jim Caviezel says about the film, like this is not about the um, the police officers and the you know special forces people. This is not about the uh, perpetrators. This is primarily about the children, um, and the children are really the the heroes of the film, um, which I think is it does come across uh, really well in in the way that it's told. Um, the one thing that kind of I was left with was just how. Um, I mean, as a as a very sort of uh, kind of common uh, movie telling trope, where you focus on individual characters to tell a much broader story. There's um, these two kids that that Helena mentions that get uh, kidnapped, and it's their story that gets followed. Um, and and they, uh, you really do get drawn into, um, you know, like just the plight of the the individual. Um, representing the the situation of the whole, I think, in a, in a very effective way. Very effective. So stay tuned. We are going to play some music now from the soundtrack. But I want you to stay tuned because we're going to give you some very vital information of how to watch the film, if you should watch the film, who you should watch the film with. So stay tuned. Uh, and here is the Sound of Freedom soundtrack. Here we go.
This is Radio Maria's Culture Tuesday for today, July 4th. And today, Tim Hutchinson and I, Helena, are doing a review of Sound of Freedom, which is directed by Alejandro Monteverde, who is... Uh, not such an established director, but the few films he has done has definitely garnered praise and awards. And I have got a bit of a feeling that this one, Sound of Freedom, might do the same. Sound of Freedom is a story about a true story about agent Tim Ballard, who goes on a mission to rescue children from sex traffickers in Colombia. And I've got Tim here and we've been talking about the the basically the storyline and how important it is for the actors and the production team to really let the children be the heroes of this film. We're not going to talk about the ending. We're we're not going to give it away. But I will say I felt like there were like three endings, and each time it ended, I kept wanting no like, no no I mm. need more. Especially so there's one ending like kind of a happy ending like in the middle. And it's not, you could have thought this was, you could end the film there and it'd be okay. But it's not, it's a happy ending, but it's also a very sad ending because, and this isn't giving it too much away. At this point, they have not found the sister, the brother-sister pair that they're looking for. They have not found the sister Mm. and they just leave it with a shot. There's so many just photos. It's very episodic with, here's a scene. It's not even an acted out scene. It's just a almost a still photo because the actors are still in it of this image, this image. There's no dialogue. There's a few, there's music, but it's letting the viewer fill in with what's going on. And that last picture that was one of the endings is the father going into the daughter's room and seeing the bed. And at that point it hit me that so many of these children don't get found. There are so many Unhappy. It mostly, mostly, it is unhappy endings. Thankfully, the movie continues on from there. But it just—it was a big hit, and that, mm. that was probably that was one of the hard scenes for me was the reaction of the father, just uh, devastating. Yeah, I think that you you hit on a, an important kind of difficulty that there must have been in, in creating a film like this because, first of all, you you want to make a film that inspires some kind of hope in a person. And um, the way to do that is to have a happy ending. But at the same time, like the real purpose of the film is to is to portray a situation that that is really, really dire and needs um, mobilization and needs people to to step in and and realize that, as you say, there are a lot of um, stories that are not ending happily. Um, So how do you how do you portray those two things? You know, a, a situation that is in great need of hope and yet um somehow inject a bit of hope into it that that um gets gets people uh mobilized and one of the things that i found very effective about it um it's it's not just a technique but a truth that comes through in it is how um they emphasize the fact that um we need to make these children uh our children yes you know like he um, Tim Ballard, who's the the special forces agent agent guy, <laughs> who's a real person. He's not just a he like a Hollywood character. You know, he he the 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 directors and the producers and the, they met him. They wanted to tell his story. He uh, he asks himself the question: 
what would I do if if this was my child who um who was not there you know and in my in my home right now what would I do like um what would my actions be and he trans transfers this uh kind of conviction to the people whom he's working with and who are kind of on the fence and and really wanting to pull back and say look it's too late um, there's nothing we can do and he says what if this was your child yeah and i think that that's um uh you know going beyond just the statistics going beyond um the kind of impersonal numbers that we're given is is really what this this film is trying to do and i think it does it incredibly well and they don't shy away from the faith of Tim. He right. goes on and on and he says, no, God wants these children free. God, these are God's children. And it is a, that is a not a dangerous, but that is a risky step for the film production to do to to work to make this because they could have just it could have been a Hollywood thriller. A lot of the regular media is saying, yes, this is a great thriller. Da, 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 da. But they take it a step further by consciously making it about faith as well, about doing what's yeah. right and doing what God wants you to do to supporting these children. Yeah. So I was I found it quite curious. I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, I think that it was interesting that um, I didn't notice, and maybe it, it happened, I just didn't see it, but I didn't see any mention specifically of Christ um, that I can remember. There was there was mention of God, um, although, you know, at a very key point in, in early on in the film, um, uh, Tim Ballard's character quotes what Jesus says, uh, you know, like, if anyone causes one of these little ones yeah. to stumble, he should have a millstone tied around his neck. Um, and so it, it's not to say that, that Christ is not present. Um, and even what, what's interesting is that when they asked him Ballard who they wanted to play him in the film, um, he said, Jesus. And, cool. um, and then they, they kind of went, Whoa, what do you mean? And, and he said, no, the guy who plays Jesus in the, in the passion <laughs> of the Christ. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's not to say that, that, I don't think there. Were, I, I don't know what what the reason is for that, but I, I think it also is um, trying to reach out to. Uh, it's possible, for example, that there's a there's quite an interesting character. He's he's like a, um, he's almost like a converted pimp. He is um, a converted. He has that moment where he little sides. So he's actually a comedic. He's not comedic, but he has some lovely lighter moments, mm-hmm. and he has that moment where he has. He he used to be working with Pablo Escobar. He's gotten out of prison. He goes back to his old life of drugs and sex. And he has that moment of clarity, of reconciliation, where he realizes that the prostitute that he just had sex with is like 14. And then he has this moment of wanting so close to committing suicide. And he doesn't say, oh, and then the Lord came to me. But you can see it. Like, as yeah. a Christian, you know, you know what happened. He The light came in and... And it's lovely because that's also discreetly done. So as a viewer, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. let your imagination fill that in. Yeah. So I think uh, what's what's interesting about him is that he doesn't become this kind of like, um, you know, suit wearing kind of church going. <laughs> oh. um, you know, like he he stays in the kind of filthy uh, world that he's in, but starts uh, buying um, children out of of the lifestyle that they're living in. Um, so he's working in the sort of underground um, 
uh, trafficking trade of children. But and this becomes the guy who who uh, Tim Ballard partners with. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to remember what, how we got onto to that, but basically to stay. Oh, that, there's no church scenes. There's yeah. no scenes in church. There's no like people out there with bl- placards mm. saying end slavery. There's no uh, there's no religious figures serving the poor. That's true, and I think that it has a kind of uh, it has a kind of ecumenical yeah. uh, slant to it because I did. Did you realize? Did you know that Tim Ballard is a Mormon? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the. It, um, it's uh, that doesn't come through in the film. You don't really it know doesn't who, which, at all. which denomination yeah. um, the different kind of characters that obviously have faith in it are of. Although it would seem that the children are, are Catholic because they have that little um, uh, miraculous medal that they give. They did. And there's yeah. like six children or something. There's a lot of children. He, Tim's got a lot of kids. Because there's a picture in the end, yes, and I was like counting Mormon. them. Up. He's Mormon, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just but in my head. I was like, I don't know. See, again, that's what the film does. It lets you, as a viewer, fill in the blanks. Not we, always correctly. Incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me talk just real quick. Um, the wife uh, is played by Mira Savino, which is a, is a really lovely actress that's won awards. The part, the role, is so small, so small, yeah. but has such an impact. During the end of the film, I kept thinking, this woman has let her husband go off. She's got six kids or whatever. They're teenagers, too. Tough time. And he's off gallivanting in Colombia, dangerously, yes, and all these things. But she, and at the end of the film, it just, he thanks, Tim Ballard thanks his wife for being so supportive and for allowing it. And he does ask her, like, this is what I need to do. And she kind of gives him this blessing, which gives her such gravitas in the yeah, scene, in yeah. the movie, even though she's got such a small screen time or whatever. So well done with bringing her in uh, Angel mm. Productions. I have a feeling, I don't know, maybe you know about this, but I don't think Angel Productions was actually involved in the film. No, they're just the distributor, I guess. Yeah. So they didn't, they weren't the first producer because it was produced back in 2018. Yeah. And they wanted it to wait because of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. And they're really feeling, which in a way is so good of them to really let the Lord, trust in the Lord, to bring this out at the right time. Well, just to give an idea of how, um, what the sort of the climate that this film has come into is uh, I was watching a uh, interview with Jim Caviezel and he said that they showed it to, um, they offered it to Amazon, they offered it to Netflix, and both of them turned it down and said, this film is not for us. Um and I think what they were trying to point out with that is that you'd be surprised how many um, people within the industry are actually complicit with these things that are going on, especially in Hollywood. Um, so it's it was a it was a very uh, controversial film um, to 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 bring out, um, and so we can just be grateful that that Angel Studios has done it. If you didn't know, Angel Studios is the one that did the chosen. Um, so yeah, two two great productions coming out of them. All right, so let's speak about the important facts. Tim and I are going to share now. Uh, do you watch it? Do you go see it in cinema? Do you just watch it in your home whenever it's available streaming wise? So I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to let Tim. Sure. Uh, so I f- definitely feel like this was not a film to watch with my younger children, and I'm not so sure about teenagers as well. As an adult church group, I do think. 
it is a powerful film to watch together and then discuss. Uh, Tim and I watched it together. And to be honest, I don't know if I would have finished it if I didn't have someone there mm-hmm. to like, not that he was pushing me, we got to finish it. But I was one, I was like, oh, we got to finish this. We got to finish this. And not because it was, but it was my imagination was making the painful. Ah, but it, I also wanted to know how it ended as well. Um, I do think watching it in cinemas will give a great. Uh, news a bulletin to the media people that these stories do need to be told please support these stories being told and support them being told very well because the director and the cinematography they did such a beautiful yeah, job it's very beautifully shot and and the acting is amazing i think that yeah. the children i mean and this is coming from somebody who's something of a movie snob like i i find it really hard to put up with bad acting and 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 shoddy script writing and like, but this was was so well written. It was so well shot, and the the kids, especially the way they act. I mean, it was just, it was very very um, professionally done, very convincing. Um, but yeah, I think so. It actually comes out in cinemas today. Uh, at least, yes, at least yes, in the today, US. today. Yeah. And let me give you some updates, which is exciting. Uh, as of June thirtieth, it had sold in pre tickets to. Um, $7.2 million in pre-ticket sales. So it's super exciting. The Rotten Tomatoes has given it approval rating of 85%, which is amazing. Mm. And if you want to watch it in the UK, Showcase Cinemas definitely is showing it on their oh, wow. screen. Okay. So you've got uh, Warwick's, Warwick's, you've got loads of places. So do check it out. Find it, IMDb it, and Soon it will be available on the Angel Productions, mm. Angel Studios uh, uh, app. Um, that might take a little bit longer, like maybe a month yeah. or two, but it will be available to stream at home or in your churches. Yeah, I think one of the di- the difficulties with this film is going to be how to um, make it just, you know, something more than just a film. One of the things that, that uh, Jim Caviezel says is that the importance of stories in mobilizing people and in, in informing the culture and and he references uh, how it was a story i can't remember who by maybe you'll remember helena um that inspired uh abraham lincoln in his fight against slavery and he cites that as being the thing that kind of Oh, I think it was like going. Uncle Tom's Cabin or something like that. Okay. Yeah, you'll probably it's probably more famous. It's very one. American. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think that you know the the thing about about films is that they just get pushed down your inbox. Like you you watch them, they're really in, interesting, but then like you forget about them after a while. And um and I I wonder sort of how we can make a practical move out of, after a thing like this. And one of the things is I think that to realize that um like in a world that's so crazy about sex, uh, this is one of the I think abuses that is 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 the side effects of a um a world that has 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 really gone so crazy um and and realize that each of us have a part to play in just in in um in stemming the tide and praying like Amen. i think also to pray for the people involved like i was watching some interviews with jim caviezel and and i feel like um looks like a man who's who's really passionate about this project but also i think um to to a point where he's 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 getting angry, you know, and I and I think that he needs our prayers, um, just that he he uh, he keeps that passion directed and in, in the right um, like down the right road. 
Um, and you have a prayer for us to end with. I do, uh, I yeah. do. So St. Josephine Bakita is the patron saint of slavery. And our dear Pope Francis has written a specific prayer for imploring St. Josephine Bakita to intercede for the victims of trafficking. So let's end our prayer with that. Mm. St. Josephine Bakita, you were sold into slavery as a child and endured untold hardship and suffering. Once liberated from the physical enslavement, you found true redemption in your encounter with Christ and his church. St. Bikita, assist all those who are trapped in a state of slavery. Intercede with God on their behalf so that they may be released from their chains of captivity. Those whom man enslaves let God set free. Provide comfort to survivors of slavery and let them look to you as an example of hope and faith. Help all survivors find healing from their wounds. We ask for your prayers and intercessions for those enslaved amongst us. St. Josephine, Josephine Bakita, pray for pray us. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. All right, Tim. We'll Thanks. see you later, Bye. all right? God bless. Yeah, you know. Bye.